Hey everyone, and welcome back to Let's Jaws for a Minute, the uh, podcast which takes a deep dive into Steven Spielberg's 1975 classic, Jaws, one minute at a time, or thereabout. Uh, I'm MJ Smith. And I am Sarah, and you are joining us now for episode four, um, and we have got some great stuff to talk about in today's episode. Um, So if you're following along at home, hopefully you are, and watching the bits that we're talking about before we get started. Um, the bit that you want to go to is seven minutes and 17 seconds in. We are nothing if not precise on this podcast. Um, all, the, all the way up to eight minutes and 55 seconds in. So basically you're looking from when Brody is driving, uh, he's left his house, he's driving out of town to go and investigate uh, what he was just told on the phone call, which is what we spoke about in last week's episode and all the way up to the discovery of something on the beach which you i mean you've probably seen jaws before if you're listening to this you know what they discover but we'll we'll get into that um so yeah mj do you want to kick us off uh with some things that you picked out from from this scene or um anything else that you want to yeah that you want to chat about uh yeah so the big thing there are a couple visual things that i've never noticed um in this sequence before um so one of them is uh brody's bag he's he's walking and talking with tom and he's taking his i think sunglasses or something out of out of this little like knit bag it almost looks like a folk art type of bag that he has but the bag is yellow and it's pretty common knowledge i think that yellow signifies the shark there's um this theory that sharks are pretty much colorblind except yellow is one of the few colors that they can see um i looked this up the u.s navy did some tests uh to see to to see what colors sharks could see uh in order to determine what color life vests should be and it seemed like they were very aware of yellow. Uh, even It's not like a super exact science. We can't obviously tell which colors on the color spectrum sharks can actually see or not. Um, but it's it seemed like yellow. They, they nicknamed it Yum Yum Yellow, actually. So <laughs> Spielberg took that information and placed that in the movie. There's yellow all throughout uh, the, the movie, particularly when the shark is present or something happens involving the shark. We'll talk about all those instances as we go on. But this one, it's Brody, you know, Brody's our main character in this movie, and he's got this yellow bag from the get-go. The shark mm. probably isn't necessarily near the side of the attack anymore. He's hanging out somewhere on the beach. But it was really interesting to see uh, this instance of yellow because it's one I thought I knew them all. And mm. this is one that I've never I've never picked up on. Yeah. What I actually I hadn't really picked up on before but now i think about it is super obvious is that the things that he is holding in that moment are chrissy's belongings so there's the yeah there's like the the denim jacket i think that she was wearing and the sweater and the bag obviously presumably is hers because she was removing her clothing as she was as she was running along the beach so Brody is now with Tom investigating what's happened to her and this is obviously before they discover her body and yeah I 
it now I think about it, it seems like super obvious. And I'm like, I can't believe I didn't pick up on that before. But I'll be honest, in past watches, I didn't even pick up on the fact that he was carrying stuff. So yeah. like this time I was like, oh, he's he's because I'm looking at everything in minute detail this time around. Um, I was like, oh, he's ca- he's carrying some stuff. That's interesting. And sort of paused it and picked out what he was holding. And yeah, it very much looks like what Chrissy was wearing the previous night so that that then i guess makes sense with the use of the yellow and mm-hmm. i there's something else i want to say uh, yeah about yellow uh in a, in a bit regards to the uh something that happens to alex later on but that is is picked out on um in part of this scene as well but um yeah so i, I think knowing that those belongings he is holding belong to chrissy that then makes that connection like you were saying about with yellow somehow be you know being used alongside the shark or as is, is, is something that the shark is perhaps attracted to because it can see um yeah, yeah that makes sense yeah um so that was that was the big kind of quote-unquote smoking gun that i saw in this <laughs> scene and then the the second one is just when the officer discovers the body after he blows the whistle and he's you know he's horrified there's the way he divides the shot is it's really pretty it's it looks so Mm. good so he he divides the shot with this broken fence uh separating brody and uh tom and the officer who discovered the body as they're all as um brody and tom are looking off screen at chrissy's remains that have washed up on the shore and then the 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 officer who found the body is is obviously traumatized he's Mm. you know digging in the sand and just like can't handle it but there's this broken fence that separates them and it looks like shark teeth. It's mm. jagged and it kind of juts out. It looks like the bottom of a, of a shark's mouth a little bit, mm. you know um, it's, you know, uneven and, you know, sharp and, and spaced out and kind of curved. Um, and so it, it really kind of signifies, all right, there's no turning back. This is Brody uh heading into the belly of the beast now this is this is the ball the ball has started rolling and there's nothing he can do about it this is inevitable now Mm. yeah i i hadn't thought about that before but again like it, it makes it makes total sense like now now you say what that you know fence looks like and what it symbolizes i guess and the i love the the late the well the yeah the setup of of that shot with where the characters are positioned as well and and we have the so this is the first time we meet uh officer hendrix who we do see a, a bit later on as well and he's quite a comical character like in his later <laughs> moments but in this he is absolutely horrified and his face is quite i mean it's quite haunting really he just looks mm-hmm. absolutely disgusted and he he sinks to the floor and then he's kind of jabbing away at the sand because he doesn't really know know what to do and there's some great looks as well kind of exchanged between them because obviously uh, Brody and Tom are coming into the scene um we have Hendrix in the in the foreground and they're in the background and they exchange a look between them as well but there's there's a real difference in how Brody reacts and how Hendrix reacts to what yeah. they've seen and I think that comes back to what we were saying in last week's episode about Brody obviously being from New York and you know he he establishes that again in this scene as he's talking to Tom where he's from and he probably has seen bodies 
plenty of times before like this isn't new to him but has this ever happened in in Amity and it's fairly obvious that Hendrix is you know obviously he is another police officer on this island so we don't know how long he's been doing it he seems like quite a young guy but I'd be willing to bet this is the first time he's ever seen a dead body (laughs) particularly washed up on the beach in in this way um so yeah I I really love all the reactions of the characters in this scene and just the what is unsaid as well between them as well they don't need to say anything to each other or very little to each other because it's just all about how they look at each other and we know immediately what they're what they're thinking and it's Brody who kind of holds holds Tom back and goes closer to investigate obviously he is the chief so he needs to he needs to see what has happened um but yeah it's i love the music in that moment as well the kind of tense foreboding music comes back in as we see uh officer hendrix's face and then changes again to this very kind of strange and mysterious music when we actually see the body you'd think it would be very dramatic and and foreboding like the 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 notes that we've just heard but there's a real kind of change and it sounds mystical almost and just something a bit a bit off about it but i really like it it makes what has happened seem like it's strange or unusual for for this place yeah and at the beginning of the scene too we have the you know the ideal of amity right we see the the sign Mm -hmm. uh the the famous amity island sign um that has you know the boat in the background and the woman happily on the the floating bed thing um and it's sunny and actually i guess that's the first instance of yellow Mm -hmm. that's Um, what i was thinking (laughs) yep she she's on the yellow the yellow floaty and the boat's yellow in the background and yellow is predominant on the on the sign Mm -hmm. Um, so we see that as as brody is driving to you know this this ideal of amity has been completely shattered now and that coupled with the music really undercuts that of there's it almost feels like the realization that there is an intruder on this way of life Mm. yeah definitely actually i wanted to i wanted to come back to the billboard because that's what i was alluding to earlier with the with the use of yellow and something that i noticed this time around and we were talking a lot about foreshadowing last week is there is a great deal of foreshadowing just on this billboard. So as you were saying, it's this ideal kind of, you know, picture perfect or, you know, postcard scene of the ideal of Amity, which is everyone happy and the sun is shining and everyone's having a good time out on the water. Um, But what's interesting about the billboard, and you could say I'm reading too much into this, but I think that it's, I don't think I'm the only person who's thought this. We'll soon find out. Um, is that the person who is the girl on the billboard doesn't look too dissimilar to Chrissy, to nope. be honest. And, you know, it's just a, a a young girl who is, you know, or a, t- a teenage girl, young woman who is blonde and, you know, fairly attractive. And, you know, you can make that kind of easy link, I think, between that person on the billboard and Chrissy. And interestingly, as you mentioned, the 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 person on the billboard is on this like yellow, you know, one of those kind of beach or seabed type things. Like a, a, we call it a lilo here. 
um and that is yellow so it, again that color link but also it's pretty much exactly the same lilo that uh alex goes out to see on so in this yeah. billboard we basically see an amalgamation of the the first kind of two major victims in the, in this film and whether it's a coincidence or not or just you know making those links knowing what we know i think it's kind of cool that something that is as innocuous as as a billboard has all of that on it and obviously this billboard comes into play later when we when we see it vandalized but yeah i thought that was kind of interesting i don't know if you if if that was something you'd thought of or picked up on as well uh yeah i mean the the thing about chrissy was definitely on my list um Mm. so yeah it's it's also an ad for the regatta Mm -hmm. right on Mm -hmm. july 4th which is kind of the central day of the movie like the the movie takes place the movie is kind of the first half of the movie is this this sort of uh barreling towards fourth of july and what to do about fourth of july in amity because it's a big tourist weekend for them and the beaches are closed but then they're not and you know stuff happens stuff really goes sideways on the fourth of july (laughs) and that's you know that's when when mayor vaughn has his change of heart after just having you know his 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 hard line about uh keeping everything open so um we get that and i think is there a boat on there too i mean this could be a reach but you could also say that even the orca in a little way is represented by having a boat even though it's a regatta race i guess um that you know eventually in the far off distance is this adventure on the boat that Mm. brody and quentin hooper are gonna have I think there's actually there's there's I know because I paused it to look. <laughs> I think there's three boats. So if you want a real reach, you could say three boats, uh Brody, Quint and Hooper. Oh. There we go. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> the most tenuous of all the links, but <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> you never know. You never know what they were intending with that uh billboard. I w- I want to know who painted that actually. Like I presume an artist came up with that. Maybe that's something I'll have yeah. to look up, but it's very cool. I like it. I would like it on my wall. <laughs> Actually, I want the vandalized version with the like, "Help! It's a shark!" speech bubble. Um, but we'll get to that in a few in a shark. few more episodes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I think I just wanted to, yeah, go back to the the conversation that we have between Tom and Brody as well, and what kind of seems on the surface as you know polite small talk and you know it it is that but um i really like the um the way <laughs> the way tom answers brody when he's sort of he's taken the he's taken the mick out of him a little bit and he's like oh you mean you mean she ran out on you and i just really love the way like tom is like no sir like he's like he's so indignant he's just like no that's not what happened and you know immediately wants to change the subject but he's kind of what I what I noticed in this scene as well is that Tom is very much wearing the clothes from the night before, um, so we can presume that he woke up in the in the wee small hours of the morning, um, managed to find his jumper, and then has obviously gone and. <laughs> yeah, I think that also shows the sort of um, 
New York cop aspect of Brody where, mm. you know, Tom's suspect number one, obviously. <laughs> right. Like that, yeah. that is how a police brain would work. Um, whether he called this in or not, Brody's going to say this guy is our number one suspect mm. right now. Um, mm. Maybe even up until he finds the body, because once you, once you, once you find the remains, it's kind of like, well, this guy obviously didn't, didn't do this. Yeah. Um, but it was, it makes complete sense for, um, Brody to show up, meet Tom and be cordial, but also kind of be questioning of like, okay, trying to find a motive, right? He's saying, Mm. you mean she ran out on you thinking, okay, she ran out, dude got pissed. And then he, you know, he did something Yeah, because he didn't like that he was rejected. And then Tom reacting like, no, sir. I think it goes back to reinforce like, hey, Tom's a good guy. (laughs) Like, Tom is not (laughs) at fault here. Oh, he's he's really not. Lovely Tom is uh, <laughs> just clearly he had a heavy night. He's still in yesterday night's clothes. Um, so, yeah, he, he did the right thing and called it in early. But, yeah, that's a, a good point, actually, because I think the first question that Brody asks Tom is nobody saw her go into the water. So he's obviously he's wanting to find out the facts. And even though, like you said, he is being polite and cordial, he is still doing his job like at this stage we know as the audience what has happened but they the characters don't know and actually having this element of mystery you know did anyone else see her going to go into the water did something else did something else happen did someone attack her you know all of those things it still establishes this element of of mystery to all of this and and we know but the characters don't and even though they're about to discover the body, they still don't know it's a shark. They know something happened to her at sea. Um, I think it, I mean, Brody kind of straight away seems to think that it is something, something has attacked her at sea. And I actually, I really, I like the the final shot of, of, of sort of this scene that we're talking about, the way he just looks out to sea and it's like, he knows like he knows something has gone down yeah and it's one of those things too right so the this idea of being an islander and what it means to be an islander and mm. you know whether or not tom is from the island or if he grew up there if he was born there and um you know one of tom's first questions to brody during all that is oh are you are you an islander and he's mm. like no i'm from new york you know um so it's very important to these people even even in the midst of all this trauma that tom is going through he needs to know if the cop he's dealing with is an islander or not Mm. and uh i think that goes to show that sometimes it goes to show perspective right so sometimes being on the outside looking in gives you better perspective than if you're too close to something and so this idea runs throughout the film that everyone in Amity is so involved with being an Islander that they refuse to acknowledge anything bad can happen on their Island. Mm. Right. And this tough New York cop coming in and seeing this says, this is something bigger than all of us that is unprecedented and we need to take the precautions against it. Mm. Um, And I think that's where his, his sort of New York skepticism comes into play in a way that is ultimately beneficial to the island, but also is something that puts him at odds with the uh, the the residents of the island. Yeah, and he Brody changes the subject very quickly after <laughs> after Tom asks mm-hmm. him if if he's an island or if he's from 
from the island um Brady sort of says like no New York and then you know straight away he's like so you're here for the summer it's like he doesn't <laughs> he, he doesn't want to get into that I feel like and as we see this comes up many times uh throughout the film I think he feels a bit frustrated by the attitudes of of the people on Amity where it's like that is the most important thing and they are we you know we spoke about this in a previous episode as well where they're all very suspicious of him and who is this you know this New York cop this big shot coming in and thinking that he can you know tell us how to run things on our island um so I just I really like that exchange between Brody and Tom I think there's there's a lot that you can unpack from from it it's the you know the Tom kind of being being in denial and stating you know trying to state his case that he is not responsible for this you've got Brody kind of subtly interrogating him but doing it in a in a fairly kind of nice and polite way um and then again this sense of you know being from being from the island and Brody trying to be like look this isn't the important thing right now what's important is we figure out what's what's going on um and that conversation is ended you know quite abruptly by the the whistle blowing in the background yeah it's also annoying to have to deal with that too yeah so like <laughs> like uh you just get tired of people having something dumb to say and uh perfect example is in my life as someone who goes by mj right mm-hmm. obviously not my real name mm-hmm. uh but everyone thinks they're the cutest person on earth when they meet me for the first time and they're like oh like michael jackson or like michael jordan or whatever <laughs> and it's the the older i get the more disgust enters my response to that yeah like it's not even intentional it's just i've heard it so many times <laughs> that anything i can do to avoid it when i meet someone new for the first time i'm gonna do it yeah and so I think he's also just <laughs> tired of having to deal with like answering the question about being an Islander. And so it's to the point now where most people, I, when I respond uh, after they go, Oh, like Michael Jackson. And I'm like, no, uh, <laughs> they, they kind of catch themselves and they're like, Oh, I'm not really the first person who's ever done that. Huh? And it's like, no, you're not You're really not. Like, <laughs> You'll have to start saying that, like, when you introduce yourself, just be like, MJ, not Michael Jackson, not Michael Jordan, just MJ. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'm, I beat you to, I'm taking that power away from you. Yeah, you can't have that. <laughs> yeah, and so it, even to the point where when I first, you know, started dating my, my wife, I was like, hey, as we meet your friends, they're going to have this to say. <laughs> and she was like, no, not my friends, they're smarter than that. And then she told them that she was seeing me away from like I wasn't there and she called me after that night and was like wow all of them had all of them all of them said Michael Jackson and I was like yeah I know I've met enough people in my life to know that that this is the reaction to hearing my name and it's the worst you're like can can relate to Brody being sick of uh answering the same question over and over again yeah, so I bet he's, you know, there's part of him that's, you know, secretly morbidly thankful that this whistle happens where he's like, ah, thank God, I don't have to deal with this bullshit again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because we, I think it was uh, in the previous scene that we sort of established that uh, Brody has been on Amity for, I would I would guess, around eight to nine months. I think it's, it's yeah. getting around that because they say they moved in the fall and it's now the summer. So you know and it seems like a small community and everyone knows everyone and is involved in each other's business so 
I think that he has probably had to deal with that an awful lot and we we see it particularly in these early scenes with him just being incredibly frustrated by all the non-problems that he has to <laughs> that he has to deal with in this town and I think yeah in in this uh, particular moment that we're talking about he is probably delighted that that whistle goes off in in the background and is like great now I can you know <laughs> now I can do my job now I can actually stop have to answer you know stop answering all these stupid dumb questions about where I'm from um but yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, and also there's, you know, there's probably some part of him that's like a little excited to be working on something that kind of feels weighty and like it mm, matters yeah. um, for the first time in a while. You know, he's never, you know, he's not bad at his job by any means or insensitive um, to anyone. You know, I mean, even the way he responds to finding Chrissy's body is he's still, there's still some humanity left in him, right? Like mm. when he finds the remains, he's he's horrified. Like, even, yeah. even though he's been in that sort of gritty new york scene he you know his first response is like jesus like mm. uh, this is this is really bad and so his prior his top priority is looking out for the citizens of amity but at the same time solving this case puts him way more in his element than he ever has been on amity mm. yeah i think fr from this moment as well he seems incredibly focused and that's where those frustrations come into it later because it seems everyone else is doing their level best to distract him from from mm. the job at hand and uh, yeah in 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 this scene he realizes the severity of what's happened and also that it is potentially something that he has absolutely no power over you can't arrest a shark um i mean you could try <laughs> but it's not it, it, <laughs> I'm now picturing yeah, that. Yeah, really yep, immediately. <laughs> Shark in yep. cuffs. Like. I was like, how big, what shape would those be? How big would they have to be to physically get the fins behind? Can they even bend that way? Yeah, I'm thinking some kind of, it would, I think it would have to be like teeth or jaw cuffs instead uh, of like a muzzle. Because I feel like, yeah. yeah, you want to take away, you want to take away the teeth rather than the fins. I don't think I could do much with the fins apart from slap you, so um <laughs> this has taken a turn um <laughs> yeah so <laughs> um Brody yeah in, in when he is looking out to see I think it's that's very telling as well because he is he's seeing the thing in front of him the body and his focus is now no longer you know tom is the is the suspect i think it's very clear from then that this this poor kid had nothing to do with it and he looks out to sea and that's that's where this kind of scene ends with him just looking out and we we get in a later scene as well when he's typing up the report that he he puts in shark attack and you know we'll we'll talk about that moment when we get to it but from an, I think it's it's telling that it, him as an outsider, he immediately realizes the, the the danger, where the danger is, and that it is something that he, you know, we joked about it, but that he can't just go and arrest. This is a big problem, and the focus then of him from this point is he is so focused on the job and doing the right thing, and that is the only thing that matters. And obviously, it doesn't go to plan and it doesn't go the way that he would want because in any normal function in society you have the chief of police saying look the beaches are dangerous we got to close them and that's it and that's the end of the matter 
Um, but obviously we know that doesn't happen. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, his, his immediate thought, too, is this is going to get a little more of it on my end. Do you remember uh, looking it up now? It looks like it was about five years ago. Maybe two. Yeah. Five. Five. Mm. Um, when <laughs> an Australian surfer got attacked by a shark on live TV. Yes. Um, I do remember. So <laughs> have you seen the clip of that? I have. Um, It's it's really horrifying, but it looks really unnatural. Like, I mean, it looks like a movie. It looks like a shark. It looks like the shark attacks in this movie. And Mm -hmm. I think that that music cue that makes the the sort of unnatural, like the idea of people getting attacked by sharks is very, it's very limited the amount of people who are actually going to experience that one day. And so it is kind yeah. of this borderline otherworldly experience to, to I'm sure, to both see it and have it happen to you and see the results and aftermath of someone who's, the immediate result and aftermath of someone who's been attacked by a shark. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, I think there's something in Brody, especially because Brody has been involved in some form in the industry of death. He has seen probably countless of dead body, countless numbers of mm-hmm. dead bodies and Hendrix he's probably seen people who have died of like strokes and heart attacks and stuff you know right like there's not a mm. big murder problem on Amity um so he's probably only seen bodies that have died of old age or natural causes of some sort and Brody has seen everything and his reaction when he comes up to it is like this is not something a human is capable of doing he knows immediately mm. that, you know, he, he, his thought is, I know what death looks like when someone else does this and it's not this. Yeah. Yeah. And it, cause we don't, it's hard to make out exactly what of Chrissy is on the beach mm. because I think your gaze is always drawn to the hand. Um, but it looks like part of, part of her torso as well and maybe even hair i think it's really hard to tell like what is the kind of sea debris or the the seaweed and stuff because there's like it's crabs and stuff crawling all over her and it's it's pretty gross um but i don't know did were you able to pick out any any more than that because i always just see the hand and assume that that's all that's there but obviously when they do the examination later they they talk about it you know being like severed in half below the, t- below the waist or something like that yeah it's the hand and it seems like part of the head or the whole head and torso are maybe attached yeah. and but that is based on the analysis of the autopsy later on um we only mm. ever really see the hand and then the arm um later on even in the autopsy yeah. so i've always assumed it was kind of the, just like the most of the top half of her body because i think there is hair in there um it's mm. super gross uh yeah and the the effects in the scene are really good at conveying like this woman was brutalized by this shark you know and yeah really, you know the, the 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 implication is like what you saw was a fraction of the agony that this was for this person mm. yeah i think it's it's so effective as well because we obviously have just seen that scene where she gets attacked and now we're seeing the aftermath of it and we we have that same reaction as Brody you know we're like oh Jesus but like the the difference being that 
we saw what happened mm-hmm. and it's still horrific yeah. because you're like oh there is nothing left of this girl there's like a hand and you know part of the body and it's really quite gross and it doesn't it it's not it's not that bloody like mm-hmm. it's it's pretty grim um but it's still not I don't think this is the goriest moment. I think we we get that later. So again, it's that slow that slow build up of we've seen the attack and it was very vicious and very brutal, but it all sort of happened below the water. And then we're seeing the after effects of that, but we're not so we're still not seeing too much. We're kind of uncovering things as the characters are uncovering things at this at this stage, I think. And then the escalation in violence and and gore and blood obviously comes as the characters know more about what that threat is. Yeah, yeah, and and so that's kind of where we're at right now with it, right? Is 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 uh, mm-hmm. we've we've discovered Chrissy's remains, and it's all downhill from here. <laughs> it does not get better from this uh, from this point. This is the sign of things to come and yeah. uh again like a lot of great foreshadowing this scene I, I just very quickly i wanted to mention because we're talking about the the music when they find chrissy's body or you know parts of her body is quite mysterious sounding and you were saying about that um the footage of that shark attack um in australia and what we kind of have to remember is at the time so in 1975 when this film came out they didn't have all these kind of nature documentaries or footage that someone shot on their mobile Mm -hmm. phone and put on the internet of someone being attacked by a shark. So at this point, sharks were still this kind of mysterious, feared creature because we just didn't know as much about them as we do now. So that the use of that kind of mysterious, almost like otherworldly music feels feels right given the kind of context of the time as well in that to these people and to perhaps even the audiences they didn't they didn't know as much about sharks as as we do now obviously times have changed and we see we see more of these things you know you can watch any kind of you know nature documentary or something about sharks and we know a lot more about them and their behavior and how they act now um but at the time it was just this you know big ferocious thing in the ocean that you couldn't really do anything about and was completely outside of your control yeah yeah i mean even now there's this sort of alien quality to the ocean right you know we we Mm. use that language you know there's the whole uh james cameron made that documentary about the stuff that's in the deep sea uh it's called Mm. aliens of the deep um and some of the stuff down there looks like it is from another planet (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's like the deeper you go the more horrific and terrifying the creatures get down yes (laughs) it's not a place you want to go yeah definitely and we yeah like you said we knew a fraction of what we even know now and we still know a fraction of what's actually happening in the ocean Mm, definitely yeah, did you have anything else that you wanted to talk about in this scene or I think we're I think we're just about done for this for this week? Yeah, I think I think that'll do it for me. 
Okay then. Uh, yeah, so uh, we will be back, of course, next week with another episode. And uh, in the meantime, you can find us on Twitter. We are at Jaws for a minute. That's our podcast handle. And individually, individually, we are at Sarah Buttery and at MJ Smith eight nine one. Do not tweet MJ and ask uh, if MJ stands for Michael <laughs> Jackson or Michael Jordan or anything like that. Um, but uh, do come and uh, chat to us about Jaws and let us know what you think of the show. Let us know what you think about the film in general. Any other thoughts? Uh, you can also email your thoughts or questions or anything else to us. Uh, we are jaws for a minute at gmail.com get involved with hashtag jaws shirt day on fridays show us your jaws shirts especially if you're listening to the podcast at the same time as well you get special bonus points for that um and speaking of shirts at some point (laughs) we had we hit a little snafu in the week (laughs) with our red bubble store if you were if you were fortunate enough to swipe a t-shirt or an item of merchandise uh on the 24 hours that our Redbubble store was available you have got a collector's item there um I managed to get one so I'm hoping that (laughs) comes at some point but we yes I am sorting that out I'm working with um Alex who designed our logo to get us something that is not going to get us in trouble with any copyright okay good (laughs) um yeah so we we don't want to get in trouble we don't want to have Steven Spielberg knocking on our doors and demanding money out of us um so we're working on that and we will have some awesome merchandise uh, for you available soon so <laughs> bear with us and we'll let you know when that's available um might even be up already uh by the time this episode comes out but okay. yeah head to our twitter and we'll we'll keep you posted on that and um let you know when that is available <laughs> um yeah i think that's that's about it for today so uh join us uh, for our new episode next friday and uh, we'll see you there